years. As long as you get married. I need that wedding. I need some beauty and some music and some place cards before I die. I saw that going differently in my mind. Did you know what's wrong with you? No, what? Welcome to The Dating Debrief. I'm your host, Thomas Tucker. Here we try to provide a safe environment for people to share their experiences with looking for love and intimacy. I interview people of all walks of life on this show, and while I neither condone nor condemn their behavior, the purpose is to share their stories with the rest of you so we can all better understand one another. This podcast endeavors to create a safe and respectful LGBTQIAC loving space where we listen with love and respect to people of all races, faiths, walks of life, sexual preferences and identities, and where we stress consent, understanding, respect for others, and love between all people. This podcast may contain profanity or descriptions of triggering events as we explore some of the trauma that some of our guests have experienced. Remember, you can stop listening at any time. Please help us provide an ongoing, supportive, and soul-searching environment to delve deeper into people's personal experiences with dating, frustrations, celebrations, challenges, and learn a little bit about how others are looking for love and long-term romantic connection. Welcome to The Dating Debrief. This is episode three with Sheena Simmons. The Dating Debrief is a safe, searching, storytelling podcast where we try to delve deeper into people's personal experiences with dating, frustrations, celebrations, challenges, and just learn a little bit about how others navigate modern dating through personal storytelling and active listening. Our very special guest today is Sheena Simmons. Welcome to the show, Sheena. Hey, Thomas. I'm doing well. Hey, everybody. How's everything going? Um, I'm excited that you brought me on the show. This is um, there's some really good, awesome content that we're going to be able to share with everybody. And um, I'm glad, Thomas, that you've created a safe space for people to talk about stuff that we just all go through because, hell, we're all on this planet Earth right now that's freaking the fuck out. So excuse my language. I don't know. Can we use profanity on here? I'm going to try to keep absolutely. But yeah, it's um, it's always good because there's always um, a lot of fun and you never know who's listening and who needed to hear that message. So I'm glad that you uh, brought me on and I'm happy to be a part of this. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, have you been out this evening? Yeah. I think you guys went out to the domain here in Austin, uh, North domain uh, for earlier in the evening. We did. And you know, I'm not even going to lie with this whole COVID thing going on. I've been trying to uh, quarantine and uh, I am only supporting businesses that are doing things as safe as possible uh, we did have a business meeting, but am I just for the record, because I'm always that person that goes on my platform and I squawk at people that are just like in turn up fest. So I'm <laughs> very clear. I am dead ass serious. I will be the main person that's all like, stop it. This is why we're in this shit. Because it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah. So, yeah, we just went out, had a little uh, business meeting. So big shout out to uh, what's that place? Fleming's. Yep. They did pretty good. Yeah, they did really good with um, making sure that they were doing things the best of their ability. But yeah, that is a that is a really great restaurant. I'm, I always love that place when I go. Really good quality steaks. Yeah, leather steaks, leather carpaccio, and all of that. And so, um, yeah, it's good stuff. So, what did it look like tonight when you guys were out there? What does the social scene look like right now in Austin? My eyelash coming off. I'm so mad I'm messing with it. No, but actually it's like, okay, so right whenever you drive through the domain, because I live out in Lake Travis. And so the first thing I notice, I'm like, look at all these fools. And some people have on masks and some people don't. Um, it wasn't crazy busy, but you can definitely see the restaurants that really care. And it's blatantly obvious the restaurants that are just like, ah, screw it. We're just going to let people do what they do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
that's kind of how that goes. So was this just business or was it business and a date? No, 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 <laughs> no, this is just business. Um, my partner plays for the other team. Yeah, we laugh at that. Everybody asks us that and I actually pay play with the <laughs> guy's team. So yes, it's like I had to keep him from trying to mount the waiter and it's just so like, oh my gosh. But it's cool though, because uh, what I love about the dynamic that he and I have is that um, my business partner allows me, I get to sit in my feminine, you know what I mean? Mm and uh, experience what that's like. And so I know that we're going to talk about that on the show, but it comes down to, and this is what I've realized that in life, you have different experiences and people play different roles. You know what I mean? And I think that as long as you're honest about what role they're playing in your life and you guys are both cool with it, that everything's good. It becomes convoluted and irritant whenever someone's saying that they are something else and that's the opposite. You know what I mean? I totally agree. And you you really embody a combination of the sacred feminine and of masculine energy. You've you, you grew up in small town Texas like I did and we learned all of these very conservative beliefs and these very conservative culture kind mm-hmm. of norms and we grew up around very traditional gender roles. Uh, but you really started to come into your own in your teens and really kind of bloom and blossom due to some very constructive and and positive friendships in your life. Like, can you tell us a little bit about how you've achieved such a great combination of of being a powerful, strong woman and powerful in your femininity? Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I... <laughs> It's, it's a strong balance. I think it comes from calling coming from, like you said, small town, East Texas. So there's a whole lot of balance that comes in with that. So it's the balance of, especially at that time, think about, you know, I'm 36 now back then East Texas is already behind, uh, no offense, but they just are. Um, and so you're having to deal with the whole, uh, you're taught to have lower expectations about everything. And it's all like, you know, hope for the best, but expect the worst. It was so off balance. So from day one, you're already taught to like, you know, go for the low hanging fruit or the bullshit that's already on the ground because it's going to be easier. And I think that has to do a lot with, uh, you know, people. And if they haven't seen it, then they don't believe it. So if nobody Mm. had excellence, then you can't either. So why even go there? Um, What does that do for, what does that do for your expectations when you're looking for a romantic partner or you're looking at potential romantic partners? You know, I think it comes down to, you have to customize and find your own because I could owe it. That's why I don't subscribe to the labels of people being products of their environment. I grew up like this or that. I I understand that, but you don't have to be a product of that. And so in myself, I always felt like there was something different for me, but I will say the less evolved Sheena put up with way more mess than what I am willing to deal with now, just because I had to grow into learning what my own value is and realizing what relationships are there for. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like back in the day, and that's kind of like the issue that I have to deal with now in modern day. The reason for pairing off with somebody back in the day versus now is completely different. That's why I feel like a lot of women that do know what they want, that are focused and do have structure, get so irritated and have zero patience for dudes that are on bona fide bullshit because we're like, listen, our need for you has completely changed. It's not because I'm just trying to acquire somebody just for the sake of being with you. It's I've already got all the structure part. I want your companionship. But some people don't understand that. But again, that comes within you understanding yourself and that other person being involved you well for that, you know, to work. I hope I answered that without being roundabout. <laughs> no, that was a, you answered it incredibly gracefully. That's it's true that these what we look for in terms of a partnership and what a companion means has has been very culturally fluid over the last hundred years. And I think in a great way, Um, but it has left us now in a place where many people need to communicate a little bit better, perhaps about what expectations they have of a companion and set those standards, set boundaries, set expectations up front so that the other person knows what they're in for. I agree with that. And I like that setting standards and boundaries. 
And I've always said relationships can be super, super easy. They get convoluted whenever one person stops feeling comfortable explaining and conveying, conveying what they actually want. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just always been my honest to God opinion. When you can let go of worried about other people co-signing what you do, you know what I mean? And having people play their positions, it's like, let's say if I was just this girl, it's like, you know what? I just want to have a dude that's just going to, you know, bang me out, whatever it is. And that's all that I want. No relationships, no emotions. That's it. It's my responsibility to convey that to somebody. Now, the unfortunate mm -hmm. flip side of that is, is even though some guys treat you that way, like that's what they want. If you were to go and say that as a woman, that would turn them off. Get what I'm saying? They don't want to hear that out loud. They want you to be silently okay with their control of the situation and treating you like a sex object. Exactly. And, you know, I just, I've gotten to the point where, you know, you get the question, why are you single this or this, that, and it gets to be extremely annoying. It, it really, really does. And so I just really come to the realization after all the different, you know, relationships that I have been in and just doing uh, introspective work and self analytics. And it's like, listen, this whole play the game, I am never going to sign up for playing any type of game with anybody. That will never be me. So if in 2020, as a result of me making that executive decision for myself, if that means that I'm single, I am 110% okay with that, especially now. I'm not out here looking for no COVID pain. I'm just not, you know what I mean? Even dating mm -hmm. right COVID, you are, you're giving up a whole nother part of I'm willing to die for you. Like literally, if you're willing to date a guy right now, you're basically telling him from the jump, I will risk my life for you. You have to think about that. That's it's pretty it's pretty significant. I mean, it's quite a statement for people right now to choose to spend deep quality time with each other and trust that the behavior and the activity of the other person is still keeping their welfare and their their health in mind. That's true. But you know, what's funny. Okay. So, well, you know, I think it's kind of fun. So this is kind of interesting. And my experience with Thomas actually is kind of, um, would be the catalyst for how I would advise anyone to date if they truly, truly wanted to at this point. Um, when all of this COVID stuff started, and I want everybody to kind of sit and think about where you were and what happened. Um, some of us were sent home. I'll never forget. I was sent home permanently March 13th. Okay. And from that moment on, I, um, haven't been back into an office since until recently, whenever I decided to become partner at this dealership. Okay. And so I don't know how, and I'm sure this has happened to a lot of people where, you know, if, especially if you're an entertainer, if you do stand up comedy or a public figure, whatever, you have people that are on your Facebook and you're like, I don't remember how I acquired them or how we met or whatever. So Thomas is one of the guys that popped up and I'm like, he's cute. I don't know what was going on or what, you know, made us message each other that day or who did it first, but we ended up talking. And I remember looking at him and I was like, oh my God, he looks like John B. And everybody knows who good old John B is. Everybody wanted to get it to him because he's so damn cute. But anyway, he was a singer in the nineties, but that's what I thought Thomas looked like. But um, Thomas and I ended up messaging each other and it was the cutest thing because it, it almost became like a, hey, you know, how are you dealing with this COVID thing? I don't know what's really going to happen. Is this going to be forever? And then you remember the series of emotions that you went through and it's like, I don't feel comfortable going out. And then it's all like, oh my God, can you believe this? We're locked down. We can't go anywhere. Conversations switch from normal stuff to have you found toilet paper? Are you serious? So it's almost like things that happen in the movies. You know what I mean? And so um, Thomas and I uh, kind of met and we became friends. And then we would end up uh, FaceTiming. And we would FaceTime every day. Mm -hmm. The funnest, most interesting thing, because it was um, in that loneliness that most of us experienced with having to be locked in our home it was 
this was my person that I could talk to. Like he was the closest thing to, you know, outside connection at the beginning of all of this. And um, I remember we were like, you know, we would talk and we would FaceTime all the time. And it's like, we should finally meet each other. What? It was so daunting. And we're like, how are we going to do this? Well, I'll show up and we'll, we met in this grassy knoll and he had his blanket and I had mine six feet apart. But that's what we did. Yeah, and we laid out we laid out there in the grass, and we watched the sunset, and we just had the same kind of conversation that we were having over Facetime, and we had over over the couple of weeks when we were visiting, we just created this safe space with each other where we could talk about whatever the heck we wanted, and there was no judgment, there was no um, like there was just it was nothing but appreciation and respect, and we were just there for each other. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, we got to have that moment. And then it's like, you know, do you want to see this person again? What does that look like? And do you trust actually spending time with them? And I'm going to put our particular situation on pause. But um, for somebody that's wanting to date now, do I think you can still do it? Yes. Do you need to risk your life to do it? Absolutely not. If you want to court a woman you know what I mean? Or vice versa, or you want to show somebody that you're interested, you get on um, IG and all this other stuff all the time. You can FaceTime them. If you want to woo a woman, send damn dinner over to her house. Mm-hmm. You want to be Rico Suave like that? Do that. Um, girls that are dating, I, this is my dishonest to God opinion. Any man that's going to try to argue with you about your mature safety boundaries and be like, oh, what's stupid? It's not that big of a deal. Don't, don't, don't even bother. No, I, I, I think it's, I, th- I think it's still a safe time to date, and especially if you've been, um, if you've been quarantining for fourteen days and you haven't had any social contact, and you want to go and see a person in person, and you guys create a safe space together, and you're not putting your parents or other elderly people at risk. I think it's completely fine. You're being very socially conscious. I haven't been to visit my parents in in months just because I don't want to take that risk. But you and I were, we're still young. uh, We're healthy. Um, But we were, we were having this, this Facebook kind of uh, Facebook video, FaceTime courtship. Uh, There was romance in the air. There was discussion. There was lots of laughter, lots of humor. For the listeners, uh, Sheen is a stand-up comic, and she's a very good one. Uh, if you search for her on Google, you will find some fucking funny clips. Oh my um, god, it's all then, the turtle songs! No! <laughs> and uh, just go search for Sheena Simmons. You'll find it. And so we were having this really meet-cute, this Hollywood kind of meet-cute. And we met up in person, and that energy was still there. I think if there was a very strong, palpable romantic connection, we would have found a way, but we were still, we still had this, this wonderful little time and this little meet cute moment. Um, and then we've stayed friends ever since then. We've stayed in touch and, and I kind of have the same thing and I don't know how I would think or know that you would be my human seeing how we're in the middle of the whole COVID thing, you know? And so, um, it's just kind of like, um, whenever you meet somebody, them, then you make space and you make time and then you can also like express what that is and I've always said to people just say what it is that you do or do not want and just call it you know what I'm saying don't make plans and not follow through or you know just as long as people are authentic about what their intentions are and the timeline that's it but I did not, because I, I had some questions as well about, you know, would this person be my human or not and what I would want in a relationship. But that definitely was not the time for us to try to seek that out. But I remember when I was in middle school and high school, I used to walk over to a girl in the cafeteria and say, will you be my girlfriend? And like, we had never talked before. And there was just the person that I saw across the schoolyard and we had a crush and you would then hold hands for a couple of weeks. Like you'd hang out, you'd go to their house, you'd do whatever, but there wasn't like really a courtship. 
And then in high school, I would ask somebody out on a date. And then if you went out on a second date, everybody just said you were dating. That was that was it. You go on one date, then you go on a second date. That's a relationship. You're you're in it. I'm just curious with uh, with you, like what what kind of relationship are you looking for, and what would a good lead in to a relationship look like for you? I, I, what's that process even look like for you growing up in East Texas? It's very simple because I'm not going to take anything from East Texas with me because that's old wineskins. Back in East Texas, that's not what this day and age is now. That's not my success level now. That's not my standard now. You know what I'm saying? And so people have these things where they want to subscribe to these labels and they have this outdated imaginary rule book that you cannot find in nobody's library or on Amazon Prime. So it does not exist. One size does not fit all. Some of these broads need to look at that too. One size does not fit all. It just doesn't. You customize your life to you. So based on everything that I've dealt with, you know, I'm a younger woman, but I've got an old soul. So I've dated older. I'm a younger younger woman, attractive, and I don't want children. Does that mean that it's all about aesthetics? No, but I also know myself and I also know what is going to work well for me. So I don't look at someone that I know is the complete smooth opposite of what I want for my bigger picture and say, oh, I can mold him into this. That's not what a relationship is about. Can you grow with your partner? Absolutely, yes. Can you teach your partner something? Absolutely, yes. Do you get with somebody like their builder bear so you can alter them? I think that's crap. You don't do that. So if I know that there's this guy and he's cute and all this stuff, but he has lackluster and no drive, same builder bear. Mm. I'm probably not going to connect with that dude because that's going to be me trying to push my narrative on him. You get what I'm saying? And so for me, my need or want for companionship is I want the person that's going to be my human to be an individual and have their own stuff going on. And so do I. And then collectively, we can get together, we can bond and we can spend time together. My partner would need to understand that I I don't have a, a want to have biological children. But having that family unit, yes, is very important. And you can do that without having biological children. But of course, I would state all of those things up front because I don't believe in surprises. If somebody is going to say, I'm going to give you the title of being my significant other, it's because you trust me. You feel like I understand you and you know that I'm going to take care of you. You get what I'm saying? Both ways. And so that's an invitation to be in somebody's life. Uh, Anything outside of that, you can have a whole bunch of associates for that. So if I say I pick you, it's because we vibe. And I owe it to you that if I don't vibe with you, if there's something that I don't like, it's not up to me to try to make you feel like shit. It's to have an adult communication session with you and then let you go peacefully so you can go and find what you do want. Because at the end of the day, this is your time on planet Earth. And so finding somebody to share that with is an awesome thing. And I want you to have as much fun with it as I am. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And you said something really interesting earlier. You said that people often ask you, why are you still single? Um, And the way that I think about it these days isn't that I'm single. It's that I'm choosing to be in a positive relationship with me rather than in a dysfunctional or a a, a, a relationship that isn't helping me grow with someone else. I'm really looking for that true partnership with my equal, with someone that, well, is better than me, uh, that pushes me and where it's, um, it's a relationship of mutual giving and where both people are really showing up with their best or their best for that day. You just do the best you can one day at a time. But how, how important do you feel it is? Because I feel it's very important. How important do you think it is for us to guard our personal wellness and our own quality of life, our own serenity, as opposed to perhaps dating people that can take that away? And relationships require work. They require energy. And in my opinion, it's blessed work. It is, it's good work. Communicating someone's love languages and acting in a form of service, I think is one of the best things that we can possibly do, especially for somebody that we care for. 
but th- there is energy that is expended. And some people say, I'm not going to be in a relationship unless I'm at least getting as much out of it as the work that I'm putting into it. Um, and there's that there's an equation there. Do you feel like there's there's an equation there and there is a certain amount of of care that we should safeguard our own serenity with? Or is that just putting up walls and putting up barriers to intimacy? That sounds like people that just don't know who they, that they are themselves. Because let me tell you something, when people like relationships are work, I think that's bona fide bullshit. Think about who your friends are, your platonic friends. Is it a whole lot of effort? I think the difference between a platonic and a relation, a romantic relationship is in one you're having sex and the other one you're not. You get what I'm saying? So if it feels like it's that much of a chore to do something or be with somebody, you didn't get with them because you really liked them. You got with them at that time because of a different reason, i.e. you didn't want to be by yourself or they were the prettiest one in the room or you're like, oh my God, all my other friends are getting together. All that stuff that people think about when you have to put in math equations and all this stuff, you're not doing things naturally. You're doing things based on other people's opinion and what you think that they're gonna think. Because think about this, when you go to a buffet to pick out something, are you gonna put some shit on your plate that you know that you really don't mess with? No, you're not. But see, so many people do that because they don't want to be by themselves. They can't stand that noise that's in their head that's themselves. And that's why they put her off in these relationships. They're riddled with dysfunction. And then it's the whole narrative of relationships are so hard. They're hard when you stay in fuckery that you know you shouldn't have been in the first place because you got stress from your subconscious and stress from your friend saying, if he bothers you that much, why do you keep dating him? You see what I'm saying? I totally agree. I, I was recently asked by a friend of mine uh, if I would come and help them move some stuff this weekend. And my initial reaction was, yeah, no. I think I can do that. Well, <laughs> my, re- my initial reaction was, yeah, I think I can come help move a couple of things. And then I messaged him and I said, I said, well, how much stuff? Because honestly, what I would rather do is help pay for movers at this age so we don't pull something or injure ourselves. Uh, And I really don't want to spend all day moving a bunch of boxes and moving uh, couches and everything else. I just, and I reserve the right to say no to my friend. My friends understand under that my friends understand when I say no or when I can't do something or even when I don't want to do something it's totally fine I ended up actually wanting to go because I thought it would be a great time to spend quality time with this friend that I don't get to see very often but that is not work but what you're the thing that you were talking about, it really reminded me of that in terms of I'm picking the things that are a joy to me exactly. and I'm picking the people who are a joy to me. And I'm sp- that's where I'm putting my energy and that's where I'm putting my time. If if I were thinking of it even as work, then I, I wouldn't be in those friendships. And I, I certainly wouldn't want to be in a romantic relationship that seemed like a full-time job or a, a, a chore. I don't know that that would be a, a, a healthy relationship. It isn't. And that's why you choose not to be with those folks. Same thing with when somebody that you are in a committed relationship with, when they start causing issues like infidelity or a certain interaction with somebody that you guys have already talked about that this is inappropriate, then I had to come to the realization myself in relationships of before I get all twisted up and go down that rabbit hole of Oh my gosh, you know, being upset over breakups. My last breakup taught me so much. And I think it, the COVID and being with myself really helped me to run analytics and stop that horrible narrative and say, pause, time out, Sheena. If you are in any type of relationship with anybody and you're an effective communicator and you have explained what hurts you, what doesn't, what's cool and what's not, if you have gotten to the, the through the red tape of now being my man officially, you already know what the deal breakers are. So if you're still going to, you know, six months later, come with that, whatever that is, that's what you feel like I deserve. And that's what you want me to have. You know, I see that as disrespectful or whatever, and you still do it. Then instead of me being upset 
and heart grow. I mean, it's going to hurt your heart because that's your human that has done something that hurts you. But instead of you getting all pissed off, that's where you need to stop and say, you know what? This is what that person wants me to have. And that's what they think I deserve. They already know that I don't like it. So do you stick around? Hell no. You set them so they can go pull that fuckery on somebody else. Does that make them a bad person? No. They just don't want to respect your boundaries that you have set in place for you to be held. Yeah. You, you mentioned that last breakup and uh, that it was rather painful. What were, what were some of the things that drew you to that person initially that brought you into that relationship? The falsehood of who this person was. I was with a covert narcissist. And so this person was, you know, calm and settled. And that's what I like. Um, he liked the same things that I did. We both love cars. We both like to go and, you know, shoot competitively. We liked all those things. And, you know, monogamy was very important. Trust was very important. Balance and good communication was extremely important to he and I until that theory got tested on his end. So whenever that test was done, did I freak the fuck out? No, because if I'm in a relationship with you, I'm supposed to be your safe place where you can communicate with me and we should be able to communicate like adults. You know what I mean? Plain and simple. And this person kept repeatedly doing the same things that were detrimental to our relationship. So I had to realize that this is who you are and this is how you want to treat me. You see that it's hurtful. I could sit there and squawk at you all day about this, or I could just say, this is where you're at. And I just leave. They knew where the boundaries were, but they crossed them over and over anyway. Correct. And you know what? And that's just where that person is. And do you have hate mail and you freak out and do all this stuff? No, you leave. You leave. But some people don't feel empowered leaving because they attach to people for different reasons. You see this a lot, Thomas, where people are like, oh, I'm with this person because of financial reasons. That's all these divorces and things that are imploding. When you have your own setup and your own thing going on and your genuine reason for pairing off is because you like that person, not because of what they're bringing to you, but because you vibe with them on a cellular level, that's where you're good. You will make the most healthy decisions if you're doing them based on the real reasons. Anything outside of that, it will fuck you every single time and you will keep spinning your wheels and you'll be unhappy. So do you think that we should... At this, do you think at this point we should be able to take everything that we've learned from previous relationships and go into any new relationship as if we've just dipped our hands in in water in a, in a wash basin and they are clean again and we can approach it with new knowledge but a fresh soul, a fresh heart, but at the same time not carry the baggage with us from our past and not carry necessarily all of the lessons that we learned from our upbringing, but instead the the knowledge and the truth of where we are now and start every relationship anew? Or do you think that some of that comes along whether we want it to or not? Carry your knowledge with you wherever you go, because any and everything that you do in life is your lesson. Um, do not punish the next person for somebody else's sins because that has nothing to do with them. But if you are still struggling and toggling with the hurts and the pains that are like just so raw and fresh, sit your ass down, get your healing. You ain't got no business on no type of dating site at all. You get what I'm saying? That is not healing. It's literally when you think about it, this lifetime is about you. It is. It's about you. And so you can have it about you, but if you're going to choose to make it about you and somebody else, handle them with the exact type of care and kid gloves that you want them to handle you with. That's that whole sounds cliche, do on to others. That's what I mean. If you can't do that, or if you know that you are not in an emotional space and that person is, leave them alone. There's maturity and strength and understanding and having to have the restraint of just being selfish and just wanting to dip your feet in something because you're bored. Get your own healing. And when you're straight, that's when you can start dating. 
So at this point in your life, after having been through a toxic relationship with a classic narcissist, and yeah. they're so they're so good at at uh, pretending to be exactly what you want them to be, and and even at gaslighting and making you believe that no, there's no real problem. It's it's all in your head. It's it's not me. After being in uh, a toxic relationship, after being in other relationships when you were younger, what are you looking for now? What would a healthy relationship look like to you at this point? Um, you know, I feel like I'm more prepared better than ever now because um, I know that I can show up as the best version of me and I know who I am. And so my ideal significant other, um, he is spiritually sound um, my earthy side, my homeopathic side, my comedian side, he loves all of those things. He likes to laugh. He loves my sense of humor and he's got appreciation for me and my independence. Um, he allows me to sit in my feminine so I don't have to feel angst. And he's created an environment, um, where I can feel comfortable knowing that he's being his authentic self and he knows that I'm going to appreciate every bit of that because if I didn't, I wouldn't be rocking with him because the only reason that I'm with him is because of him himself. He knows that I can take care of, you know, I'm self-sufficient. So it's not about his coin. Do I always date guys with coin? Absolutely. Cause I don't want anybody looking at me crazy. If I say, I want to go to this restaurant or this, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable cause I'm going to live and do me. I don't want you to do you. Get what I'm saying? But he knew that he was chosen and we chose each other because we really rock with each other. And if for whatever reason he didn't want to be with me anymore, I would hope that he loved or cared for me enough to give me the grace of saying, I'm going to release you where you get to keep your dignity so you can find your human because it's not me. I think being able to sit down and have critical conversations, especially toward the end of a relationship when feelings are either fading or you've identified that perhaps you are not best suited to serve each other. Um, I think those critical conversations are one of the most important and loving things that we can do for the people that we care about. What's a time that you've had to sit down and have in a loving way, a conversation that ended a, a relationship uh, other than the obviously the last one where where uh the, the guy was just out of his mind wackadoodle nar narcissist have you have you had to previously break up with somebody yeah <laughs> yeah actually i did and um yeah we can yeah i can wrap with that one um this guy his heart was in the right place uh he was polite uh, he wanted to be chivalrous, which I absolutely love. And he's very thoughtful. And he was cute, too. However, a record. And um, he was still working um, a job that I felt was not age appropriate. Now, again, that's not um, for me to determine for somebody. So he was somebody that I knew and he was just so insistent, just give me a chance. And I did. So I did fairly, but I had to sit back and say, Sheena, if this person is still doing this job at this age and they're not polished, that sounds like it's, it sounds like it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Shallow, but it's not. It's me being realistic and saying, I don't want that for my big picture, period. I don't think it's shallow to look for a lifestyle that matches yours. Uh, I, I think as adults, we work our asses off for way more hours per week than it may be healthy sometimes to achieve a certain degree of success, whatever degree that is, that makes us comfortable in the hours when we are not working or maybe working is our bliss, but we create our own lifestyle based on our drive and our passions and the things that are important to us. 
part of that happens to be uh, whatever you love doing for self-soothing outside of your work. And if that doesn't match up with what the other person, the potential partner likes to do for self-soothing, it's probably not going to work. And I think it can be as simple as uh, people that just refuse to leave the house and want to stay home all the time versus people that want to take a little bit of money and just every once in a while drive to a random or fly to a random US city. It doesn't have to be glamorous. For some people, it can just be fairly uh, conservative, but it's that little bit of adventure that they enjoy. Even that lifestyle difference between uh, are you willing to get up and go to the domain versus uh, are you willing to get up and drive with me to Kerrville? Um, or would you like to fly to the Florida Keys? Makes a huge difference because these these experiences will be um, pivotal moments in the building of your relationship. And I think that these these shared experiences can be these real anchor points as you as you grow together uh, that you look back on with with fondness over the years. And it's also just a way that we can grow. I, I certainly want to see the pyramids before I die. I haven't I haven't gone to Egypt yet. It'd be it'd be nice to do that with somebody that was like, hell yeah, let's go to Egypt. <laughs> well, right, exactly. So I agree with you on that. It's it's that whole factor and the whole thing of um, not even just what you have monetarily, it's what am I talking to you about? So if I'm saying, oh, this happened at work today, corporate, blah, 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 or whatever it is that's going on, and you're like, huh, I went to the gym, and then I forgot that this whey protein stuff had been alanine in it, and I was just like, okay, yeah, no, I'm checked out, because, you know, you, you can't have at the age that we're at, if you cannot carry on like a mature conversation or if I'm at a corporate dinner and you're saying dumb shit, which I've said a lot of F-bombs and dumb shit and stuff, but that's the comedian side of Sheena. But you know what I mean? Like we can't, I, I'm having to have anxiety about what is it exactly that you're going to say or do, or um, I, I just, at a certain age, you make choices about what you want. And that's why you can't get mad at anybody else if it doesn't work out. Because guess what? You chose that. If you spent enough time with it and you said, I pick you, you chose it, you deal with it. Don't sign up for anything that you do not want to deal with the consequences of. That's the way I've always looked at it. People are investments or liabilities. If this guy is a liability. He's been showing you he's a liability then do not get pissed off whenever you get the outcome that you get because you keep signing up for it. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about trust. Um, how easy is it for you to trust a new person that's coming into your life and uh, give them the benefit of the doubt, look at them as a fresh human and say, I don't know anything about this person, but I'm going to assume that they come from a place of good, from a place of love. It, it, it start each relationship afresh, especially after dating a narcissist. Is that hard? Um, you know what? I look at it. It's always going to be scary uh, in the beginning, especially when you like somebody. But what I've learned is, and it's served me well, it's, it's all good until your actions and your words stop matching. And that's just it. Like the old folks say, honey, you don't believe that the fat meat is greasy. If I come in with 100% me and my accent and my actions and my words are matching, then that's why and when you would want to trust. So if I get with you and I'm like, okay, and we're vibing and everything's good, I'm giving you, you get a pretty good line of credit with me. You get about 80%. But then I start seeing these things where actions and words aren't matching, actions and words aren't matching. And I explained to you how important it is to me and they still consistently do not match, then I do not trust you. And if I don't trust my partner, then I can't be with you. And it's kind of like, what for? Am I mad about it? No, I just know that you're not my human. Is there any, any anxiety on your part leading into a, a fresh relationship or are you able to go into it with confidence and with love and say, uh, I am keeping an eye out for these things to make sure that your actions match your words, but you don't feel anxiety or stress about it. 
I'm always going to, you know, I'm going to be concerned about it. But again, that's not going to be one of those things that paralyzes me because I'm an adult and I've looked at stuff and I know myself. So I have realized that I cannot change Thomas. I can't change anybody else that you are going to whatever it is that you are giving me is what you want me to have. How do you manage that anxiety and do you voice it? Is that something that you can share? Is that a burden that you can share with a potential partner and say, I shouldn't have to manage all this on my own. This is, this has been part of my past experience. And, uh, I, I want you to know that, that this is something I'm going to be looking out for. I'm more than comfortable with that. Yeah. Well, because I wouldn't be spending prolonged amounts of time, um, with people if they weren't in the lineup of that. Cause I, I remember, you know, whenever you and I had our stint, there was a point in time when you said, and I remember, and just because I remember everything that everybody says, but you're like, you know, Sheena, um, I don't know what happened between us, but there was something that took place and you're like, wow, you know, I like this. I always know where I stand with you. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And so that's the way it should be. It's if you don't know where I stand with you and everybody deserves that, that's not a, Oh God, you got to be together for six months to start creating that type of trust in people. No. It's from the beginning. It's you need to be anxiety free, especially now. This is not the time to be playing with folks and their emotions or any time. It's you either like me or you don't or I like you or you don't. But I'm sure shit not going to waste your time because I do not want to be the straw that broke the camel's back because you don't know what other people went through prior to you. So I just say pay it forward and it's easy to treat people the way you want to be treated and politely if you don't like somebody and you know that. As soon as you sit down and you realize that they are 200 pounds heavier than what their Facebook or whatever picture was and their breath smells like they ate a dead guy, that is where you can politely say, um, I don't believe that you and I are romantic fit. <laughs> no, I'm for real. Because there are some folks that do, they ignore all these damn signs. You hand them all these chase neon light signs and say, bitch, I am not into it. And they got a whole blowtorch. Burning it up. I didn't hear it. La, 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 la. You know, uh-uh. No, I need you to know for real. If I like you, you know that I like you. If I don't rock with you, I politely let you go. Unless you start doing some crazy shit. And then I'm just going to wrecking ball you because you started it. Sure. I mean, sometimes so, you just need to take out the trash. Do what? Yeah, you do. You totally do. Like Oscar the Grouch is here. Double parked, but oh well. But you know what, Thomas, I'm glad that, um, Thomas, you, I will always remember you for being my, my COVID emotional binky. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that was like, that was so funny because, uh, we would talk about, you know, what'd you do? I went out today. Was it scary? Not really. Did you find any toilet paper? No, but I got some florists (laughs) takeout. You know what I mean? But, um, I'm glad that. I can have this conversation and, um, you know, laugh with you on a podcast. So that to me, that's one of those beautiful things that you always remember. It's a lot of fun. It is a huge, huge gift. Thank you for choosing to include me in your life. And thank you for spending some quality time with me tonight and especially being so brave and constantly courageous and sharing your stories with other people. Um, I really appreciate it. And thank you for showing up today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish I would have gotten to ask you more questions and, and all that stuff, but actually, you know what? let me ask you one, uh, where are you at? So have you decided like, where are you at in your dating thing? Like, have you decided like kind of who or what you're looking for? Or is it kind of open season or just whoever you fall for you do? Because I feel like that's definitely possible. These are all just the meat suits. I'm just asking kind of like, have you like decided like where you are and like what you want in somebody? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've been pretty clear and, and, uh, consistent in the, in the kind of partner that I want, at least for the last eight years, I think ever since I got sober. Um, and it's, it's not that complicated The the biggest and important things, the most important things to me are that somebody acts with integrity. 
um, that they treat other people with respect, including me, um, that they're able to have critical conversations, communicate in uh, a caring and loving manner, um, that they're kind, uh, and that we can laugh and be silly and play together. I think a lot of people have forgotten how to play. Um, I think uh, my best friendships are not only about um, play and having a great time um, and just being silly, playing board games, going out to putt-putt, doing, it doesn't matter what we do. We do the silliest things, but it's it's fun and it's a joy because there's a shared energy there. There's a camaraderie. There's a respect for each other. And even if somebody says something that may offend somebody else, it's very quick and easy to recover and say, oh, well, that made me a little uncomfortable. Cool. I'll never make that joke again having a tribe has really taught me the kind of partner that I want because it's the kind of person that would slip seamlessly into that tribe. The kind of person that I want to be part of my day-to-day life is the same kind of person that I would show up with to Christmas and say, Hey family, look, I found another one of us. I found one of our people and here she is. And this is, this is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, that's, I mean, that's really the way that I think about it. Well, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that is when do we start, what was that? March, January, March, April, yeah. June, July, like August. That's crazy. And so I feel like COVID has brought a whole lot in the solitude. I can't speak for you, but just for myself has really brought in a lot of internal, you know, look at this and look at what you want. And so um, it sounds like, Everything is working out great for you and I both. I think we're in a good place and we are definitely very, very wealthy and very rich to have each other to lean on and to reach out to anytime that we are struggling or anytime we just want to celebrate. That makes us incredibly um, lucky. Well, thank you, Sheena. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, I had a great time. This is a really fun conversation. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me know when everything's getting ready to, you know, come out. And um, I'm glad that we got to do this. And, you know, if we ever do the show again, um, I'm a little bit more structured. But, you know, the hustle, the grind never stops. Well, you heard it from Sheena. The hustle and the grind never stops. This has been episode three of The Dating Debrief. If you like this show, please follow us on your favorite podcasting service. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Pocket Cast, as well as a number of other podcasting services. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please send me an email with your name and a few sentences about why you'd like to be a guest on the show at show at thedatingdebrief.com.